And today we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 18. We'll be reading verses uh, 1 through 4, and then we'll skip down um, and read verse 25 through the end of the chapter. So this sermon is entitled, Sour Grapes, or alternatively, what do you do when your parents have ruined your life? Okay? So, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting to some of you. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. Would you stand, please, as we read from God's Word? Then another message came to me from the Lord. Why do you quote this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, you will not quote this proverb anymore in Israel. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Now we move down to verse 25. Yet you say, the Lord isn't doing what's right. Listen to me, O people of Israel. Am I not the one doing what's right, or is it you? When righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things, they will die for it. Yes, they will die because of their sinful deeds. And if wicked people turn from their wickedness, obey the law, and do what is right and just, they will save their lives. They will live because they thought it over and decided to turn from their sins. Such people will not die. And yet the, Lord, yet the people of Israel keep saying, The Lord isn't doing what's right. Oh, people of Israel, it is you who are not doing what's right, not I. Therefore, I will judge each of you, O people of Israel, according to your actions, says the Sovereign Lord. Repent, turn from your sins, don't let them destroy you. Put all your rebellion behind you and find yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die, says the Sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and God, we, um, we just thank you for your word. Um, Lord, we thank you for this uh, very relevant passage about accountability and what do we do if we feel like our parents are to blame, if we feel like our family has messed up our lives. How are we to respond? How are we to live in that way? Father, speak to us through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Ezekiel uh, begins relaying the words of the Lord with a very interesting saying. Um, it's a kind of a, a proverb or a, a, a popular saying going around, and that is uh, that the parents eat sour grapes and the children's lips pucker up. Now, when I read this, I thought about the very first time I ever ate one of those crybabies. Have you ever eaten one of those really sour pieces of gum or candy, and, and, and you just think, oh, well, I like stuff that's a little sour. That's fine. And you, you take it, and then it just, mm, you can't even hardly open your mouth. It's so, it's like a straight, eating a straight lemon or something. It is so sour. And uh, this is so interesting that they said the parents eat the sour grapes. And uh, I thought about bringing some grapes in this morning, but I, you know, I thought that might not be nice if I was sitting here eating them in front of you. But um, 
you know, the parent eats the sour grapes, but the children's lips pucker up. Now, imagine if everything worked this way. I mean, kind of take that idea a step further. Let's say the dad goes to the all-you-can-eat buffet, but the girls gain the weight. Wouldn't that be cool, you know? I mean, no, they don't think that would be cool. But, you know, uh, imagine you go out and eat Mexican, your kids get indigestion, you know? Um, <laughs> You know, imagine uh, you go eat some beans and your kids, well, it's good for their heart, we'll say. Um, you know, what if whatever you ate, it affected your children and not you? So you ate without consequence to you. you just like, hey, this is great. I love it. Buffets, here I come. Sweets, here I come. Fatty foods, here I come. But then that would really be terrible because your children would be getting all the effects of it. Well, that's exactly what the people of Israel were complaining. They were saying, our parents ruined our lives. They're saying, this mess that we've got going on, this turmoil, this junk in our nation, it's none of it's our fault. We're just innocent, you know, children. Now, what were they? 30, 40, 50-year-olds, but, but they're saying it was that other generation. It was those ones that came before us. It was all their fault, right? And, and, and you know, sometimes we can get into that. And Man, those, the way those folks lived in the 60s, you guys, that, you ruined this country for us, or the 70s, or whatever. You know, we can blame. And that was their whole thing. But God's got a word to us here about our accountability. And... Um, this thing isn't working when I move away from the mic, is it? Okay, it's, I don't know what's wrong with it, but how about that? That, ah, okay. Sometimes one little button gets smashed and goes off. Um, basically, if you feel like your family who's ruined your life, God's got a word for you. And it comes in three simple steps. Number one, stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming your parents. Now, the reality is that nobody in this life has affected you more than your family. That's a reality. And if you had a family that wasn't the very best, then you've probably suffered for it. And I would not take away anything if you were abused or neglected or had a bad childhood. I wouldn't say, hey, suck it up, buttercup, deal with it. It's, you know, just move on. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry for you, and I can sympathize with you. But the idea is that we're speaking here to people who are old enough. You know, we've let all of our little children go out. So we're speaking to the majority of folks in this room, or teenagers or above, adults. And at this point in life, God says, you have to realize, hey, whatever your parents did, guess what? I'm going to deal with them. All right, I'm going to judge your parents for their actions, <laughs> okay? If they were eating the sour grapes, guess what? They're going to get some consequences for it. If they were sinning, if they were disobeying me, if they weren't doing what is right, they're going to deal with it. But you now have to come to this place where you accept responsibility. Stop blaming your parents. I mean, it's, it's not even like a, 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 a joke or something new anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just considered normal that everybody one day is in a therapist's office talking about their parents and how, to, how their parents... I mean, we have this entire generation that all blames everything. And some point, we have to say, 
Yes, maybe they didn't, weren't the best parents in the world. But guess what? God gave me a brain. He gave me a spirit. He made me a functional adult human being. I am going to take responsibility for myself. Mom and dad, you know, they'll, they'll, take, they'll pay. They'll deal for it. They'll answer to God. But guess what? I'm going to answer to God. A lot of folks get caught up. It's really funny to me how I hear certain Bible verses like taken way, way out of context. And, and like people make a big deal out of one half of a verse. And they haven't looked at what's right before it or what's right after it. For instance, in Exodus 20, and that's like the big chapter where God gives us the big Ten Commandments, right? In Exodus chapter 20, when um, God is expounding on the commandment of not making any idols, right? Now listen to, listen to what he says here. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. <clears throat> Man, I've heard so many people talk about, oh, yeah. You know, these, these, these generational sins, and I'm, I'm paying for what um, my parents did and what my grandparents did. But they stop reading, and they don't go on because the verse continues, the next verse, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. In other words, God is saying, yes, if your parents were ungodly people, if they were unrighteous, you know what? There is some trickle-down effect there. You are going to deal for some of their, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of some of their sins and, and some of their shortcomings. But he says, that goes three and four generations. He says, my blessings go a thousand generations. In other words, whatever you're dealing with from the past, is nothing compared to God's blessing upon your life. You very well do need to look at the patterns of sin in your family life because we find it very hard to recognize sometimes sins if it's what grandma did and mama did and now I do it without even thinking about it. Well, papa did it. If papa does it, it's okay, right? Not necessarily, <laughs> We go to God's word to see if it's okay. And so we do have to look and say, let's make sure we break the chain if there are some sins that have been passed down. But we don't have to get in this thing where we say, oh, I'm just ruined because my family's been this way and this way and this way and I can never break out of it. God says, no, I judge you. I hold you accountable. So number one, don't blame your parents for all the mess you're in. Number two, don't slander God or don't blame God. As we, um, excuse me for just a minute. God says, you know, your problem is not just that you blame me, but your problem is bigger than that. Because who are you blaming when you blame your parents? You're blaming the one who gave you those parents. You're blaming God and you're saying, God, really, this is all your fault. You're punishing me, little innocent me, who's never done anything wrong. I've been a good boy, but my evil, bad, terrible family, they have just messed me up so bad. And, and so we, you know, we're really good at distancing ourselves from blame. And, and these Israelites were no different. They're like, well, first of all, God, 
it's my parents' fault. But secondly, if you really want to, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, Lord, but really, you gave me those parents, and so it's kind of your fault. So I'm really double innocent, God. I mean, that's what they were making out. They were basically, God, you're unjust. God, you're unrighteous. God, you're not a good judge or arbitrator of the way this world works. And so they are slandering the very character of God when they do that. And when we do that, when we begin to blame everybody else and, oh, God, it's not my fault. Now, look, we were creating the image of God, right? And so all of us have a sense of fairness and just, justness. And we get that because we were created by a fair and just God. But yet the sin in our lives has kind of marred that image of God. It's kind of tainted so that our idea of fairness becomes really kind of self-centered and jealous a lot of times. And we end up, if we're small, we blame our parents as we grow. And we kind of figure out, well, maybe I'm an adult. Maybe I'm a late teenager, maybe I'm a middle-aged adult, I can't really blame mom and dad anymore because that's kind of sounding silly. Then we move to the next big authority figure, and we start blaming God for everything that's happened in our lives. And God says, don't you dare. Don't accuse me of doing wrong. He said, I know how I judge. You don't know how I judge. I know how I judge. And I judge you not based on what your mama did, your brother did, your grandpa did. I judge you based on what you do and that alone. And God promises and he guarantees I will be a righteous judge because that's who I am. That's my character. So stop blaming your parents. Don't slander God. And then turn your heart to God. Choose to live your life intentionally. God says this. He talks about the one who sins will die. The one who doesn't sin will live. And we read that, and that's really kind of hard for us to grasp. You know, we're like, God, do you mean that, is it a certain number of sins that I'm just going to kick the bucket? I mean, God, is is there a point where I've gone too far or a big enough sin It's kind of like Adam and Eve in the garden. God said, you don't eat of that fruit. All the others you can eat, but don't eat of that one, and you will surely die. And the serpent says, hmm, is that really going to happen? And so they eat it. Do they physically die that day? No, they don't. But death enters the world. Because in the Bible, death and life, they're symbolic Of separate death is separation. Life is connection. Life is fullness. Life is joy. Uh, Death is draining and being away. Anything that is of life, God says that's what you choose. He instructed his servant Joshua to stand before the people of God and say, choose you this day who you will serve. Choose life. And over and over in his word, he says, choose life. In the beginning of Psalms, Psalm says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of sinners or sit 
in the seat of, or stand in the way of the scornful or sit in the place of mockers. We don't want to choose that way or that path of death. We're blessed if we choose the path of life. And he says very clearly, this is freeing, folks. If you feel like your world is out of control, that your parents have doomed you or God has doomed you or some kind of unfair stuff has doomed you and you'll never break free from it, then that's a pretty depressing world you live in. The reason Christianity uh, was so uh, appealing when it spread rapidly over the ancient world is that these people lived in a world where they thought everything was controlled by destiny or fate or the stars. I'm trapped. I can't do anything about it. And here came a message where God said, you can choose life. You turn from your sins, you repent of those sins, and you turn to me and choose life. And so you don't have to have a life of destruction, an existence of death and of destruction and of wrong choices just because your family made those choices or people around you, someone made a choice for you. God says you have a choice to choose life. Do we deal with the effects of other people's sin? Absolutely. All of us do in this world, whether it's our our parents or other people who are close to us. But fundamentally, our relationship with God has nothing to do with mommy and daddy, and it has everything to do with me and my Father in heaven. How do I live before him? Do I choose to ignore him and indulge in sin after sin after sin and go my own selfish way? Or do I choose to say, God, you're right and I'm wrong. I haven't had the right attitude in my life. I've been selfish. I've been sinful. God, I choose you. And God says, when you do that, you're choosing life. What do you do? What do you do if your parents messed up your life? Well, guess what? They may have messed up your childhood. (laughs) They may be nosy and interfering and hard to deal with. But what they cannot do is mess up your relationship with God. When it comes to that most important thing that really defines your life, quit blaming mom and pop. Quit blaming God. Realize God's going to judge you rightly and fairly. If you choose a path of destruction, God says that's what you'll get is destruction. You choose a path of life. You turn from that and walk in his way. God says, you get life. Choose life. That's what he calls us to do. Pray with me. Father God, thank you so much that you call us to life and life more abundant. God, not to a mere existence, not to slavery, to sins, or to patterns of of this world, whether they be from our family or our friends or folks in our community, but God, we have a choice to walk in freedom, to live for you as the God of this universe, to be fulfilled and full of life. And God, I pray that that's what we would do. God, that we wouldn't have this blame everybody else mentality, but we would hold ourselves accountable before you. 
to repent of our sins and to walk in righteousness. Father, bless our time we have now as our opportunity of commitment. Father, help us to all renew our commitment to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.